0: Hi, this is Michelle Weidenbener, your Chief Hope Builder. I am the author of Moms Letting Go Without Giving Up Seven Steps to Self Recovery. You can download that for free at momslettinggo.com. Welcome to the podcast that will help you feel at least 15% better. Feel free to join our Facebook private group, Moms Letting Go. Also, And surround yourself with other moms who understand your pain. If you would like to take your journey into a deeper accountability and recovery for yourself, join us at momslettinggo.teachable.com where we have a subscription membership. We have a tribe of moms who are all together together in support groups and coaching and we study together and grow together and we are going to write a book together so that we can help other moms come into recovery with hope and determination and a way to find their own identity and recapture their purpose that they lose in the throes of dealing with an addicted loved one. If you find this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave us a review because that's how other moms will be able to find us too. God bless. Got it. Hi, and thank you for joining us today. I have Lisa Moore. She is a spiritual coach, author, and speaker. She's a visionary leader who has followed her passion for making a difference in the world for almost two decades. As a doctor of divinity divinity for the past 18 years, Lisa has served as a spiritual counselor and she holds many certifications certifications in the realm of healing arts. Her compassion, depth of knowledge, and experience in both the physical and non-physical worlds provide the foundation for her profoundly transformational sessions and I invited Lisa because I met her son Gordy Gordon um, who had a story about his transformation from addiction to recovery and so I was really impressed with him and I wanted to meet his mom so welcome Lisa
1: Thank you, Michelle. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. And thank you for all the work that you're doing and helping families and parents and mothers, especially dealing with, with addiction and mental health and mental issues. And, you know, it's um, we're in an interesting time right now. And I think the more we build circles and communities and are here supporting each other, the better it is for each and every one of us. So so thank awesome. you again for, no. for having me and for sharing your wisdom and your story. And, um, my and pleasure.
0: Here yeah, my pleasure. And I didn't know when I met Gordon that you were um, a doctor of divinity and somebody who really helps others heal, you know? Right. And so we're a lot alike because we have a heart for that. So how, how old was Gordon when you first um, realized that maybe he had a substance use
1: disorder? So I have actually been in the healing arts for many years and have raised my kids with holistic practice. And Gordy had been on one antibiotic his entire life with a severe strep throat issue and strictly homeopathy and healing work and he would be the, my he was my eldest or he is my eldest my only son and gordy fell in love with the game of golf at about age 8 and we lived on a golf course so that was truly his second home he just wow. morning noon and night he would be over at the golf course and putting and chipping and just connecting with older people and young people and just that was his true passion And at 13, he had a scenario where it was definitely uh, an outer body type of experience. And I took him to some healing friends and we got him back. And that was that. And he was 13. Well, at age 18, he ended up getting a golf scholarship at Colorado State. And we had made the choice to leave Atlanta and move to, um, to Naples, Florida, actually. And he... He was all for it. He was becoming a, he was a senior and he had a girlfriend who was going off to Auburn. So he was fine with coming to Florida where he had spent, I mean, he'd been in this, we'd lived in the same house since the age of eight. And so we moved to Florida and I started noticing some behavior changes yet. He was on the golf team. He wasn't having this success that he was having when he was up in Atlanta. And we just thought, you know, he's got a long distance relationship relationship with his girlfriend and 18 he's a senior so we a friend of ours from Atlanta called and said you know we're happy to let Gordy come and live with our family and he can finish his senior year up in Woodstock Georgia and play on the golf team so we did and he off he went we gave him his car he his dad drove him up there and that was that and The mom called me and she said, Lisa, I don't know what's going on, but there's huge changes in Gordy's whole demeanor and on and on and on. Well, about three weeks later, they called again and they said, we found a bag of marijuana in the hidden in the back of the toilet bowl container. And we were dumbfounded. And she said, you know, we just can't have him around our three younger kids. You got to come get them. So we went up and we got Gordy and realized that he was pretty heavily addicted to marijuana which was totally shocking because this was a kid that was the top 5% in the state of Georgia academically he had his passion was golf and the marijuana the marijuana got hold of him and he made it through high school and off to college he went well Colorado state and he called me every single day we would speak well I in in November he came home at Thanksgiving, and I was starting to really, really notice something is off and i'm I'm an intuitive, so i I'm very connected to him. And as moms know, we we know. So I was just in this state of we had moved and moved a second time down in Florida. so and I'm dealing with two teenage daughters also at the same time of this with a lot of change going on. So Gordy came home at Thanksgiving and and he was really, I noticed something was really not right. And he had made, he was on the golf team, but he wasn't taken. The coach made a choice not to take him to this big tournament, which really took Gordy for a big loop. So he went, flew back. He was home for four days at Thanksgiving. He flew back and he said the next weekend he was going off skiing. Well, I ended up waking up with a dream. And in the dream, I had a vision that he was, his head was buried and all I could see were his eyes and he was in complete fear. So I kept on calling his phone. It kept on going to voicemail, voicemail, voicemail. And I'm at that point, I'm panicking. And I called, got hold of a friend of a friend and they said, oh, he's in a really bad state and he's addicted to ecstasy. Well, I literally was on the next flight that afternoon and I showed up in his college room and he was needless to say, stunned. He was completely gone um, and it was just heartbreaking. So we ended up, he was adamant that he was going to see a a counselor at the college, Um, found out he had not gone to a single class in basically two months and he was heavily addicted to ecstasy. So um, we agreed to let him stay. And one of his friends called. I literally got home, flew home that night. And a friend called me at one o'clock in the morning and said he's in a psychotic break. And so the next day his father got on the phone, uh, got on a plane and we got him out of college and he was dealing ecstasy, which Uh is considered manslaughter and we're being Canadian it was a really, really big deal. So we got him, we got him out of the college scene and we brought him home and, you know, we were really struggling financially and he refused to do therapy. He refused to go to a rehab facility. And as you know, as a parent, once they hit the age of 18, your hands are tied and you have absolutely no control. And um, we, he ended up running away from home basically and living on the street for three days and ended up getting arrested he spent his 20 20th birthday in jail which was just heartbreaking for me I mean oh. here is this bright shining star yeah. and, who wow. chose to go down a really dark path yeah. and he ended up getting almost killed with a brick to the brain and we have a dear friend of ours that has a brain training facility in, in Jupiter, Florida called the Brain Training Center. And I took him over there and, and the, the owner said to me, he said, we typically see brain trauma will expose itself within three months to three years.
0: Oh. And
1: sure enough, it was exactly three months later um Gordy had his first psychotic true psychotic break and he had destroyed his bedroom smashed every trophy oh. he was lying naked in his closet and I mean it was just it was brutal. Oh,
0: I can't even imagine seeing that as a mother oh. not knowing like what is this oh. yeah
1: and and I ended up calling the police basically and they came and they took him away My husband at the time was working in the restaurant world and he wasn't home and I called. So there Gordy was strapped in in an ambulance and Mm
0: -hmm. he just,
1: he had completely, he didn't even look like my son. So I called a dear friend who's like a mother to me and she met me down at the hospital and at the mental ward. And they diagnosed him schizophrenic, bipolar, manic, legally insane. The state of Florida re- literally ready to lock him up for six months. Oh. So, oh. Um, how yeah. Long ago, how long ago was that? That was actually in 2009. Oh. Or two, two, it was fall of two, September of 2008. So he ended up, was in a lockdown mental ward for nine days, and they drugged him basically with meds. And <clears throat> um, I was traveling on a business trip. My husband what, at the time was great dealing with him, and they moved him to, out of the mental ward to uh, to another facility. And and this was, nothing was diet related. I mean, they just give you Coca-Cola and and. You know, white bread basically. So, make a long story short, he entered into another mental ward because he had another psychotic break, and he even escaped out of that mental ward. And I got a phone call at eleven o'clock at night from the police and saying, "Is your son there?" And I'm like, "No, he's in a lockdown facility." And when he would be in a facility, it would almost give me a sense of peace because I knew he was safe. I knew. I knew he was, you know, managed mentally or whatever you call it. So, so it was, it truly gave me a sense of hope. So they call up, they call me and my Dave was just coming home from work that night at 11 o'clock. And they said, Oh no, he's not here. He escaped. So we drive down towards the, the hospital down in Naples and the police, the police dogs. And as I'm driving this sense of, rush came through me and it's it was a horrible horrible feeling that you know it was almost like it would be easier and I'm sure a lot of the mothers listening to this would say it would be easier if my child was not alive right and I had this rush come over me and I'm like No, and I admit I'm an angel therapist so I work very closely with the angelic realm and and I I called in Archangel Michael to help me and Gordy with any fear uh, of you know just keeping my child protected because I thought this is it he's swimming to Mexico as they said he ran to the beach basically and I thought you know you don't know the mental state whether he whether he's detoxing or whether he's you know who knows so um dave ended up we searched for him for about two hours and we couldn't find him i mean the helicopters were searching the beach and and there was no sight of him and we ended up dave brought me home we said that's it we just got to wait until the next morning when it's daylight and they ended up um the police said, we're giving up also at this point in time, because who knew whether he was hiding in a house or right. whatever, yeah. h- hiding under a bush. <clears throat> so we ended up um, at one eleven in the morning, I got a phone call as Dave and I are, he's driving me home, we're going home, we've given up. And it was this guy that used to work with Dave, and he called Dave's cell phone and said, um, I Gordy is at my house. And we were like, You've got to be kidding. Well, I I work very closely with signs and symbols. And I knew at that moment at 111, and I still have goosebumps, that he was going to be safe. And sure enough, Dave took me home and uh, they we had to call the police to come and get him. And they basically tied Gordy to the bed. I never saw him because oh. I just, as a mom, I just couldn't deal oh. with so four four mental wards later, and we had taken a chiropractor who said to us, "Have you ever had his neurotransmitters tested?" And I'm like, "What in the world are neurotransmitters?" I mean, I'm like, "What are those?" Yeah. And he said, "You can do a test." And we, at that point, we had very little money and scraping, living on credit cards, and and I had not oh. shared anything with my close family. My parents didn't know what was going on. Oh. And the reason why is I didn't need the energy of their judgment at all. I'm like, you know what? I just need the love and the support for me to be able to have a conversation with somebody who's not going to judge me and that's just going to be there for me while I go through this. And And there was a time when I, you know, I get it from a spiritual standpoint where I said to. God, source, spirit, why did he choose me this lifetime? Because as parents, we, our children choose us. Mm -hmm. And I got a big message that came through that not many mothers could have handled going through what he went through. And as a mom, as you all know, it's very, very challenging. It's brutal. It can destroy marriages. It can destroy health and complete well well well-being so i knew that it was this was his path and that he chose me as a mother this lifetime so um when when this chiropractor we made the choice let's scrape together 200 or whatever and meanwhile gordy was in a mental war because he had had another psychotic break and when he would regress he would literally regress to be a three year old.
0: Oh, and he really was
1: this, this child. And he wasn't doing drugs. The only drugs he was on was the prescription drugs at that point. So oh,
0: goodness. and it was
1: oh. almost, and his medical records were like an inch high. And my my cousin-in-law basically was who's a psychotherapist. She had read the the
0: really yeah. the yeah,
1: file and wow. she said he is complete, you know, expect this kid to be gone. He's completely oh. schizophrenic and he's n- nuts, basically.
0: But did they, and maybe this is later in the story you're gonna get there, but as a mom who's been through this and talked to a lot of other moms, the brain, his brain could have just been diseased from the use and to, to treat him as like a mental, I know you don't know what to do in the, in the psychotic moment but
1: well, and you know, I I'm a firm believer that the addiction and the mental health is one of the same. Yeah. Whether somebody's turning to substance or marijuana because they're depressed or they're got anxiety or stress. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, whatever. Right. It's just the label. It's just the label. That's it. So we ended up s- s- doing this urine test to test his neurotransmitter because no psychiatrist or psychologist. don't no, look at that! Eight, no. Zero. And I had actually gone to NAMI, the National Association, oh, yeah. or NAMI.
0: Yeah,
1: Once yeah. I went to a group meeting with Dave in um, in Naples, and you know I've been in the holistic world for so long, and I'm very much you know, a believer of the effects of diet and health and fitness and all that is very, very important. So we, we go to this meeting and I'm looking around a room of 20 people and this one woman saying, well, my husband was part of AA and he, you know, was an alcoholic and now he drinks five Coca-Colas a day and he just had a psychotic break and he's in a mental ward now. And I'm and I'm looking around the room going, oh, all these people need to be my clients yeah. um, because, <laughs> well, because, okay. there's, because of what I do. And I said, you know, that wasn't a fit for me. Yeah. As I say to other moms and parents that I work with is you've got to find it's not a judgment scenario wherever you can find that inner peace for yourself mm-hmm. amen god bless Thank that you, is yes. the greatest gift that you can find for yourself that that is the absolute yes and i even see it with people that go to co-dependence code no more which which as moms we tend to enable and we tend to be codependent code because we want to protect our little wounded birds or our and it's you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself right. yes yeah. Yeah, absolute. So back to getting parties in in another mental ward. A different. We went to even a different county to see if there were any changes with getting to the core of what was really going on. Now you can't forget. This was a brilliant kid that right. just was never going to drink, rarely drank, and never was going to smoke. And and no. now he's smoking cigarettes, which is, again, part of the mental illness. It's part of the dopamine and the neurotransmitters oh. not functioning properly. So <clears throat> the day he is getting his, we get the results. I pick up the results from the, the chiropractor's chiropractor oh. as we're driving to pick him up or to see what the mental ward is going to do with them. And he was sitting in front of the judge when I showed up to the psychiatrist to say, oh my God, we've just gotten these, this report and his, all his serotonin, his dopamine, all his brain function were completely messed up. So the psychiatrist turned to me and she said, what do you want us to do with them? And I said, and we, at that point, were saying, you know, do, we're done with this. We can't. Our family is being destroyed with this. The amount of stress. Right. Um, he's refusing to go to rehab. Uh, what are What are we supposed to do? And he was not using at that point, at all. And everybody, you know, we had spoken to other parents that had gone through this stuff, and they were saying, you know, and don't spend the money on rehab until he's truly ready. Yeah. Just yeah. Don't do it. So we, I said to the psychiatrist, you know what? Now that I know I have these results, let him come back home. And she said, I can present that to the judge, but I can't guarantee it. So she comes back into the room about 20 minutes later. We're waiting in the lobby at the the mental ward. And she said, I've never seen this, but the judge has awarded him back to you. Because at this point, he's 20 years old. This is his fourth episode in a mental war in the course of three months, since September to January. Wow. So we got him home. They had him, I had full control of giving him his medications. And I had decided to take him off of dairy and wheat oh. to do a clean. And I'm, yeah. you know, I, I was a stay-at-home mom. And I I honestly as I tell parents, I don't even think I could have functioned working a job at Starbucks because of the amount of stress that I was under. The emotional stress, the financial stress, the managing, our middle daughter had just gone off to college in California. My youngest was a senior. I mean, it was just, there was a lot going on. Yeah, And so we brought him home and he, they had him so medicated that he could barely function from walking from the kitchen to the sofa because they had him so drugged up, and um we oh, ended okay. up. He finally said, "Mom, I'm ready for rehab." So I spent probably ten days searching and researching, and meanwhile we had no money. At that point, we finally mentioned to my parents that what we had been going on, what was going on yeah. in our, our life, and you know this was the eldest grandchild and so they were heartbroken yet you know these again this the vibration of these kids coming in that are much more prone to addiction whether it's gaming whether it's drugs whether it's I mean it's one of the same basically so I found a believe it or not it was a narconon facility And somebody had said, well, that's uh, Scientology. And at that point, I didn't know. And I said, you know, I don't care if this is where his soul needs to go, because financially we could afford it, uh, then amen, God bless. So that morning, we were flying from Naples out to Palm Springs. And I said to Gordy, I don't worry, this place is not diet related. I am going to, you can eat whatever you want because it had been two weeks where he had not had any dairy and wheat. Oh, so, and he was really quite clear. So I ended, I ended up, um, he had a donut and he had a sandwich and bread and gluten and on and on and on. And we drove from LAX into Palm Springs and I could start seeing the triggers by seven o'clock that night when we dropped him off. Oh, no. And the owner, the manager of the rehab facility said, don't worry, we don't call him. My husband at the time was flying back on that Monday night. That was a Saturday. He was doing taking the red eye back to Florida. And sure enough, they called Monday morning and said, we can't handle him. He is like gone nuts. So they said, we're going to put him on a plane to go to San Francisco to a place called alternative to med center. And I said, put him on a plane. Are you kidding me? Like, cause I knew when he would snap, he would yeah. literally go to a three-year-old. So they ended up sending somebody. They got him up to San Francisco and got him into this place. And he literally lasted there 10 hours before they had to get him into another facility to get him stable oh my back, on, this is back on the net. And I ended up staying in in Los Angeles at my daughter's who was going to school there. And, and, you know, I just had to relinquish the control of knowing that he was in the hands of this other facility. And, and as you never know what facility is going to work or what program is going to work or what's not going to work. I mean, you just don't know. No. Yeah. So he was in the hospital there for about another week and the facility brought him back into their program, which they were there for three. He was there for three months. It took two months to wean him off of the medication. And then a month he did five hours a day detoxing in a sauna with high dosages of supplements and niacin and on and on and on. But in the meantime, they did a food allergy testing and he was extremely high in eggs and dairy and wheat. So they did a strict, all organic, no, you know, healthy, healthy food. And he came home right after, it was May of uh, 2009, he came home. And 10 days later, we were moving as a family to Sedona, Arizona. Oh, my husband of 23 years said, I don't love you any longer. And I don't want to be married. Oh, and Gordy chose to come with mom. So he it is still very emotional, even though it's 13 13 years ago. And my when I, I stayed in L.A., when Gordy was in the program in San Francisco, I only saw him once in three months. And I was actually working on a TV show for um, a program for 18 to 30 year olds for prevention of mental illness and addiction. And I was working with Randy Spelling, Aaron Spelling's son. And oh so I, I stayed in LA to, to work, work on that, which the timing wasn't right. <clears throat> and when I got home, as an intuitive, I knew my husband was having an affair with somebody that he met while I was gone. And which they say, dealing with mental health or addiction, oh. the 80% of families don't make it,
0: oh. parents yes. just,
1: you know, um, it was it was challenging, it was hard, but it was, you know, God bless. Wow. Um, so Gordy decided he was gonna come with me, which he drew, we drove across the country and my youngest was get, leaving to go up to college at Embry-Riddle. And um, where's that? It's in Pres- Prescott, Arizona. Okay. There's two campuses, one in Florida oh. and one in Prescott. And Gordy, he, you know, again, it was more added stress on me, wondering whether is is he going to have another psychotic break? Is he going to stay clean and sober? I mean, who knew? I mean, right. I didn't know. Yeah. So the owner of Alternative to meds lyle murphy uh, came to visit he lyle had a place in his heart for gordy and he came to visit us in sedona and um he fell in love with sedona i said you need to move your facility here instead of being in downtown san francisco he said find us a place so i actually did alternative to med center has just gotten gotten accredited as a very it's taken three years So they've been in Sedona for 12 years now. And and Gordy has, uh, you know, the first three months and Lyle said, it's okay that he's just doing nothing. You know, he loafed around. I kept him on a strict diet. He was living with me and not knowing anyone. So literally- Literally, it was three months later, he joined Toastmasters. He started volunteering with a horse equine and he got a job at the resort here in Sedona. And thanks be to the miracles, he has never looked back. And he so is being- he shared He shared
0: um, in the interview with Carrie Overrunner how he and maybe it was during that time where he just didn't know what to do he joined Toastmasters but maybe before then I don't know the timing he asked you to get him the
1: book Think and Grow Rich do you remember that yeah well I've got I mean spiritual books uh, they've been in my house for you know many years so He, and that was another interesting point. Gordy, out of my three kids, he was my child that did not enjoy reading whatsoever. He struggled with reading. He was a math kid. And yet he was the top 5% academically in the state of Georgia. So, and when he, I think it was part of the recovery maybe when he was in the rehab that he started to read and he just became this avid, 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 avid reader. And wow. he was just drawn to the personal growth and the personal development. Yeah. Realm, which is he and I are very, very close in the way, sure. um, you know, too. yeah, is in the spiritual sense. And one of my gifts is I'm a natural spiritual connector. I, I just, that's what I do with connecting people to deceased loved ones, um, wow. to, connected to their spirit guides, to God, call it whatever God is, source. Is it
0: a shaman? Am I saying that right?
1: A shaman? shaman. Yeah, sh- sh- shamans do similar work. I don't consider, I'm more of okay. a, you know, I. everybody is intuitive. It's yeah. learning how to access the intuition. And then once you've accessed it, it's learning how to to, to implement your intuition into your day, day-to-day life and to... Just So that's what I teach. That's what I really, which comes back down to empowering and inspiring people. And yet I understand there's many, many different components. My partner and I were got very sick and we almost died about uh, two years ago and come to find out the house that we've been living in and we were always intending on purchasing was riddled in black mold. And I've heard of that happening. And we thought we had early Alzheimer's. So here you go back into the component of the mental illness where it was a physical symptom that was going on and it was called black mold and it truly is deadly. So (laughs) So did
0: you ever like going back to to Gordy and all his time in and out of, do you feel like it was that brick to his head and the drugs that kind of, I don't know if you call it, diseased his brain, but impaired his brain to the point where it had to heal. But then they kept giving him, not knowing what to give him, they were giving him all these drugs that were just making it worse. I mean, how do you yeah. make Are, sense
1: you- of that? well ecstasy dries up the spinal column fluid oh okay i didn't know so that definitely would have played on part of the neurotransmitters and the functioning of the brain but i do firmly believe that the trauma to the brain was really impacting and just like mike the owner of um the brain training facility said they so often see a psychotic break happen Mm. three months to three years after the trauma has taken place. It's just, and when you're taking marijuana or drugs, then it really amps it up big time. And, you know, the whole, you know, these kids that think that the classic indigo children, when I don't know if anybody has read about the indigo children, that, you know, they think they are invincible. They think that they can have one puff of marijuana and and that's it. Well, one of the things that I realized after going down that deep rabbit hole with him is marijuana can trigger the schizophrenic gene. Wow. Yeah, if you Google marijuana and schizophrenic, you can see it. Now, I was never a marijuana smoker. Do I enjoy having a glass of wine or a tequila? Yes, absolutely. Do I drink every day? Um, but marijuana can trigger a schizophrenic gene. Because so that's also what I thought was going I have
0: on. A, I have a mom in my group and she, oh gosh, my heart just breaks for her. this This daughter of hers, was this certain way. And now she's smoking dope all the time. And now she's like an entirely different person. And I'm not a physician, but my mom used to be a psychiatric nurse and she used to talk to us about schizophrenia and and how awful it was. Cause it's always these brilliant minds like your son and probably like this lady's daughter. And you know, they're great. And then all of a sudden it's like at a certain mid twenties um, 25 30 somewhere in there it's like this flip or the switch gets flipped and I'm like I want her to go see you know a doctor but she can't even stop doing marijuana she can't even function because she's afraid she won't be able to smoke her weed so she just doesn't even have a life and doesn't know how to get out of it so I just find that very interesting
1: yeah. Well, and and to sort of go down another rabbit hole, okay, about, yes. <laughs> well, to, to, to finish off with the Gordy scenario, I think what also could have triggered when he had at age 13, he had that first sort of blip of behavior, mental stuff. And he, it wasn't drug related, but and it, this has sort of come up with a half for me in the last year. Um, our, I just lost you on the screen. Can you see me?
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I can see you. Huh.
0: That's weird.
1: I, I, that's interesting. No? Oh, well, well, I can't see you, but you can see me. Oh. Is um, what I think this whole trigger was, where did he spend all those years from age eight was in and around the chemicals of a golf course
0: oh my gosh yes
1: that's what i think really triggered some of the stuff that his body just got to a complete overload of toxic Mm -hmm. toxicity with and you know these kids they would pick up a ball and they'd lick it and they'd lick their finger oh yeah i just don't even realize it And I think that was also Mm -hmm. part of the scenario. And the other, that talking to other parents, one of the first questions, especially with girls, I'll ask them, they'll say, you know, my daughter's now addicted to marijuana. Well, if anybody has had their daughter have the 12, at age 12 to 14, the PVC, the vaccine, Oh, HPV. Or the HPV. Okay. The HPV, which has heroin in it and rat poison, and it is can create the addiction behavior where these oh, kids are, are are really prone. I see that a fair amount um, with especially girls where there is no addiction in the family anywhere. Yeah, and triggers something. Huh. It, it, triggers. Wow. So, and again, it's, it's not a judgment. It's just an awareness. And, Ryan. you know, like we, as moms, you have to find your sense of peace and really looking at behavior of the enabler or the codependence. Mm-hmm. And if it means finding a group for support that you if can work for you. Yeah it works for you, then that's the bottom line here. Right. Because we, you know, again, it's looking at being addicted to the story. And even though this is emotional for me, I don't, you know, it's been 12, 14 years. Do right. I say that my son is is an addict? No, I don't. I don't even, it doesn't even come into my field. And a lot of these kids are not into going to AA. No. because it's like it's it's that's the indigos. They're the system busters. Those programs don't typically work for that age group right now is a, a an amazing program for a lot of people. It saved millions of people's lives, but it's but not again, everybody
0: has their own recovery journey and
1: it's absolutely. not the same for everyone. Exactly. So and it's true. like it's right. And it's transferring one addiction to another. Hey, if it means, and again, one of the worst things for an addict is giving them coffee and sugar. Well, what do you find in an AA room? First thing you yeah. walk past is the coffee. Yeah. That is yeah, the worst. Cleaning up, you know, the mental, the physical, the emotional. Um, And, you know, are there different things out there that can really, really help? Absolutely. We're coming into magnificent time on the planet that, um, people are awakening. People are, um, realizing the traditional way does no longer serve them, whether it's, um, and I'm not one that says, oh, you got to cut your, if you're put on Xanax or for anxiety, I'm not the type to say, you know, go cold turkey. No, there's a process because you can, and that's what happened with Gordy. He would go, they were injecting him with the drugs because he was, you know, here was a kid raised in a holistic. He had never, he'd been on one antibiotic his entire life. Yeah. So he was not for all the meds they were giving him.
0: Oh, gee. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. There's, uh, there's so much to it. So what, what advice could you give a mom listening to this right now? Uh, What helped you? I mean, obviously you're a coper, but you lost a lot along the way, but I
1: can't. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. But
0: what, looking back, what was it that helped you
1: to get to where you are right now? Cope through it all? I think the number one is finding your pod, finding your community, finding the people that are going to love you and nurture you while you go through your own process. And whether that's finding a meditation group, whether it's finding a prayer group, whether it's finding your church, whether it's finding um, something where you can feel that love and the support. Yeah, that is number one. You've got to put the oxygen mask on yourself. And what happened with me is i going through the divorce and I, I I ended up actually coming out. Um, I had never been with a woman. So that was another huge, Oh my goodness. Yeah. That I didn't know would have an effect on Gordy. Um, and I ended up getting in a relationship. I moved to California and that relationship didn't work. And when I moved back to Sedona, I said to myself, I need to be alone I've never lived alone my entire life and I spent a year where I went even deeper down the rabbit hole and I did deeper work on myself on all levels emotionally and psychologically And, and here I am a coach and I'm being you know in the healing arts at that point I'd already been in it for 15 18 years sort of thing so um I um
0: But you, you found your, but I love how you allowed yourself to be alone to, to then it's kind of like to regroup and find your peace and what was going to work for you in life. And you healed yourself. Sometimes we, sometimes we think of ourselves last and we, we want to help others heal, but we don't always know how to heal ourselves. But I, I think you knew you just had to spend time doing it.
1: Am I right? I, exactly. Yeah. I knew I needed to really be in my own space without any distraction of anyone or anything because my natural innate ability, I was a stay at home mom for 23 years. <laughs> It's the, the nest. Let's let me help and heal everybody else and not look at the mirror at my, at myself. And just and meanwhile, my family had disowned me. My my parent, my father had passed away, my mother disowned me. I still have no relationship with my mom and it's been 12, 13 years. Oh, and yes, and yes, I get it. This is her path. This is her choice. So there are parents that do. Disown their kids because of addiction, and if that's what works for you, then yeah. you just have to have a clear conscience about that. And my mom made the choice. Whether it's because I'm now in an amazing relationship with my partner of t- almost ten years, I I don't know. This is right. her path. This is her right. journey, as painful as it is. And I get it. I mean, it's just that's oh. and 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 again, like I said, I chose her right. as my mother. so you know it is what it is but having but what ended up transpiring after being alone and i said i'm not dating i'm not doing anything zero i'm going to focus i'd started a nonprofit within the lgbt community about around wellness and addiction um i had since since met leslie but and i said no i'm not dating i'm not we were friends Well, we ended up becoming partners and which I'm just incredibly, we have an amazing, amazing relationship. My kids adore her. She's very close with Horty. And, but the, what happened after I felt so willing to receive the love and the compassion and to be heard on all levels, my body went into an unwinding and I ended up getting a lot of Physical issues going on, and I knew it was the buildup of the amount of stress that I had gone through with my son Mm -hmm. and the divorce, and on and on and on. And I'm a, a type A personality. I'm a, you know, I, you know, it's just that's what happened. And my physical came in and crashed down. And touch wood. I, I mean, I couldn't walk. I oh. couldn't, I couldn't exercise, I couldn't yet I knew and I was doing a lot, a lot of emotional work around it and forgiveness. And um it it took about a year for me to finally regain my health and well-being back because wow. of the amount of stress that I had gone through. So as a mom, again, I can't stress enough. Find, the things that bring you passion, find the things that bring you joy, right? Whether it's going to an art class, whether it's learning a new skill set, whether it's volunteering, yeah, w- it doesn't matter what it is, right? Find but it, find yeah. something that can bring you into that higher vibrational state of love, passion, joy, joy. yeah, yeah, I agree, um, amen. And, and out of that comes a sense of hope within your own energy of true the true essence of love
0: yeah oh so good
1: that's that's the key yeah
0: and i bet you're so proud of gordy right now
1: (laughs) i am (laughs) and he. great uh, and it's been really interesting watching him on the journey he last spring in about uh, it's almost a year ago he called and you know he's been living all over all over the world he travels
0: yeah. all over yeah
1: all over the world and he called and he was so sweet and he's like mom i really need some mom time oh, so he came man. and he, he stayed with leslie and i for two weeks and and uh, which was fantastic we played lots of cards i got to nurture him and be that mother oh. bear <laughs> yeah
0: oh <laughs> that the, cry oh.
1: the cooking was, he still, and-
0: was he still golf?
1: and yeah, now not much while well, he's living abroad his okay. golf clubs are in in uh, okay. in his storage unit but he called uh, about um, 2 months ago and you know he's he's really launched himself within the crypto world which was yeah. sort of prompted by me mentioning a couple of years ago and oh. he, he had no interest in it and his dad is was a currency trader so He reached out to his dad and said, I need you to go down and and really research and and help me launch myself. And sure enough, Dave has been basically helping Gordy for over a month now and has been staying with him in Florida. And so it's been a magical journey watching him reconnect with his dad on. Oh, fantastic. on a very sweet level. And so, so he's supposedly he's going to be in, I haven't spoken to him in about a month because he's been so busy with his new business. And I'm, uh, he's going to be in Scottsdale, I think next week or this weekend. So I may uh make a quick journey down there to give him a hug and tell him how much I love him and how proud I am. And, and yet knowing this is his journey, he's in God's hand or spirit's hands. And you just have to stay positive and know that, um, you know this is his journey.
0: Right. Yeah. And how old is he now? Is he 35? Wait, I don't he, know. he's
1: 33. He'll be 30. 34 in uh in June. And okay. he's a Gemini, so anybody who's into the astrology <laughs> and as understanding the different personalities that can um the Jekyll and Hyde of a Gemini and yet he's a manifester in numerology. So oh. he um, you know there's a lot to learn and that's what I tell parents. You know understand first about yourself yeah. and really um, tapping the resources there's a lot that's coming up and out into nothing has changed I mean I have books of my grandmother's from the 1920s your word is your wand so you know this, this is again a big part of what I teach is is how to our, our words are powerful mm. and if you keep on, projecting negativity about your child or um, yourself you know, that's or not anything yeah. that's not helping no. we're all we're all energy so the more you can see that light and not get over the and getting over the blame of oneself or the judgment and you know there's some great prayers that you can do with forgiveness because a lot of it is you know i had i beat myself up is You know, maybe if we hadn't moved to Naples, Florida, we would never have gotten down this path. I see it it all the time. Yeah. Or if
0: if I hadn't divorced his father, or if I hadn't married his father, or if I hadn't done this or that, and we blame ourselves, the guilt, the blame, the shame. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The guilt and the shame and the this and the that. Yet it comes back to, I realized, you know, after Gordy had done the Toastmasters, he moved down to Phoenix and he got involved with a nonprofit called Not My Kid. He spoke to over 20,000 oh. kids from middle school to high school. Wow. I mean, that was profound, knowing yeah. he touched all those kids' hearts and yeah. souls and- by sharing
0: you never gave up. I call myself the chief hope builder. That's my goal. <laughs> so just help. That's beautiful. Help yeah. moms, you know, find hope, whatever that was, and and find a hope hero. And um, Nightbird. I don't know if you re- you read about Nightbird. She um, now was a golden buzzer award on America's Got Talent, and she came out and she uh, she auditioned and she said, "Well, I'd like to sing one of my." own songs my originals and um, yes yes
1: yes I saw that it was fantastic
0: and so you know she said well the doctors only gave me two percent chance to live but two percent isn't zero so yeah. I have hope and she died three days ago so oh, yeah. but yeah, yeah but I tell moms find a hope heroes, find somebody that you know, you can look at and be just inspired by their hope. And uh, anyway, but this was so great. Well, maybe I'll I'll have to have you come back if you're interested. (laughs) Absolutely. In in a support group where you're actually giving moms um, tips on something, I don't know, that can help bring hope to their lives or um, ways to find joy, something.
1: That's it. That's what it all comes back down to It's finding the joy and not pointing the fingers at everyone else. It's pointing the fingers back at ourselves.
0: Become a victor and not a victim. Yes.
1: You got that right. Yes.
0: Well, Lisa, this was such a pleasure. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Michelle. Great honor and um, reach out at any point in any time.
0: All right. God bless.